and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am joined by Slobodan Mikowski, a professor in the Department of Civil Engineering and Environmental Management, to talk about his upcoming professorial lecture on how the natural world can provide solutions to civil engineering challenges. Bobby, thank you very much for speaking to me today. Thank you very much for the invitation, Craig. Tell me, Bobby, how have things been for you over the last nine months? It's been excellent. The new normal or the changed normal has been quite challenging, as I'm sure everyone in education, higher education especially, will testify. We've moved on to blended learning, distance learning, similar type of concept at Glasgow Caledonian University. So we've been doing our assessments, same as lecturing online. It comes with a lot of challenges, Mm -hmm. but our main worry is that uh, the students are getting the maximum from us, from Mm -hmm. staff. The learning happens elsewhere, not at GCU campus, but we're trying to make sure that the quality of that learning is comparable to what, and the experience, of course, would be comparable to what the students would have had if they were on campus. Mm -hmm. So we're continuing this way until further notice, and we're hoping that the learning is happening, and we're making sure the quality of our education is kept high as it was. Of course, when we went into lockdown in March, there was a number of things that, that, that were affected at the university, and one of them was the professorial lectures. And your professorial lecture that you're doing on Tuesday, this will be the first one the university has hosted since February. How are you feeling about it? I'm, I'm honoured, to be honest. I, I, I feel absolutely honoured to be, to be part of the, of the professoria at GCU and to have the first on, fully online professorial lecture is, a, is an absolute privilege because I believe that in this format we'll have so many more attendants at the live lecture and then the number of people who can't be there for the live lecture can have a recording of the lecture mm-hmm. further on. So number of people I work with, I collaborate with are in different time zones and all of them have been invited. GCU has been quite good with organizing GCU mm-hmm. comms team is second to none. So they've organized this very well. Invitations are sent and I'm hoping for sellout crowd. <laughs> let Let's just keep our fingers crossed that the IT and all the issues connected to the IT are going to play <laughs> into our hands. Well, fingers crossed. As we mentioned fingers earlier, crossed. your lecture is about nature-based solutions and how they can answer civil engineering challenges. Can you tell me more about this topic? Talk about your professorial lecture. To someone who doesn't know anything about it, how will you describe what you're going to be talking about? Oh, I'll, I'll be talking about what I expect. I'll be giving a bit of a vision of what I expect from civil engineers and ge- in general engineers getting into the next century, into next 50, 80, 100 years. Uh, engineering as a quite traditional profession in general needs a bit of a new blood, a little bit of a new thinking. Okay. In it. So multidisciplinarity is what I usually harp on about when I talk about uh, my vision of engineering. So here we are trying to make a connection between the natural processes, things that happen in the nature, things that we know about that can be 
helping us as engineers to provide better living for humans on this very planet in the next X amount of years. This has to do with the attainable, uh, the attainment of United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a lot of talk about sustainability, how everything that we do in engineering, especially in civil engineering, needs to be sustainable, needs to be good for the planet in order to sustain life on the planet in general. Another major topic would be resilience. What happens after a natural disaster has stricken? So how can we get back quickly? And how can our infrastructure get back quickly to provide the services that is designed for, but also how can the communities which are associated with that infrastructure get back to normal life quickly? So as a major thread through all of this, I'm taking a topic of use of vegetation to achieve these sustainable development goals or to achieve in engineering objectives or to achieve something for the community. So nature-based solutions in general is, should show to the public what have we learned from the nature that can be applied in traditional engineering, if you like, in order to help us okay. as a community, as a human race, but also the whole living world in this planet. So it's not really homocentric, if you like, it's more mm -hmm. environmentally uh, centered thinking that I'm trying to give a vision of through this professorial lecture. This all sounds very interesting. Can we talk first about nature? What elements of nature can you see that can help civil engineering? All elements of nature can help. Uh, I, I see civil engineering as a sort of a, an art form or a combination of art and science. And in the words of the Renaissance science, science, uh, scientists and artists, the eye is the best instrument to assess what's going on in the nature. So we'll be talking about a lot of how to learn from the nature. We learn from the behavior of the vegetation by how they are, for example, how are they distributed over a natural slope? Okay. What can we learn in order to apply it into engineering to make our slopes safer? Okay. To stop erosion from the slope, to stop landslides happening on the slope. Then we can observe, monitor the living life on those slopes, let's say. How are the animals behaving? How is the fauna behaving? Okay, okay. Are there, so we're are, talking are, about a lot of natural processes mm -hmm. that we can learn from and then find engineering backing or scientific backing to them in order to make them work for mm -hmm. engineering public, to make them a standard. Engineers like to hide behind the standards and calculations. So we'll be trying to get to that point. Mm -hmm. What can we learn and what kind of calculations can we make in order to justify what we've seen? Okay. Are there any examples of things that, that engineers have learned from nature that's been applied to civil engineering? Oh, absolutely. The, I'll be talking a lot about the vegetation and how the vegetation anchors itself in the soil and how does that anchorage actually resemble engineering structures that we see nowadays. For example, we see a lot of buildings, especially in Scotland, in incompetent soils, we see them being tiled. So piles as such are not nothing new in the nature. If you look in the trees that have fallen over 
because of a storm, etc., you will see the roots that re closely resemble the distribution that a pile foundation would have and the form that a pile foundation would have. So there are lots of equivalents that we can make from the natural world and what we've learned in the, uh, in the engineering. So we are learning constantly. Something you talked about earlier there, Bobby, you talked about engineering needs new thinking. How do you mean by that? Can you expand on that? Absolutely. The engineer of tomorrow, the engineer of today and tomorrow, the new leaders in engineering of tomorrow need to be multidisciplinary. They need to know things. They need to learn things. And to connect with what we were talking about, uh, where does learning occur and how does it come into being, we need to create that basis of engineers who will be equipped with a critical thinking when it comes to solving real life problems. Whether those real life problems are civil engineering or other engineering, we need to have that critical thinking. And we can only have critical thinking there if an engineer is aware of the environment, the nature, if you like, that he's living and working in. It's not enough anymore to know a lot about concrete, a lot about steel, a lot about the soils. There needs to be a multidisciplinary, a holistic view of, because everything we do as engineers has a huge impact. And the impact goes from personal to institutional to environmental further out throughout the whole planet. So taking my scientific or engineer hat off and putting my educator hat on, <laughs> I would say, DCU is the right place if you're now young, promising student of, of nature in general or engineering, come and learn more because that's going to be one of the characteristics of a leader, leader of tomorrow. Now, you're going to be reviewing some recent civil engineering projects. Can you talk about some of the projects that you're going to be examining? Uh, we'll be looking at a number of projects that occurred in the last five, ten years around Europe, including Scotland. So a number of colleagues I worked with throughout Europe, we were working on the European project, so joined uh, European com Community, European Commission funded project, where we actually looked at a number of these nature-based solutions that have been installed using engineering principles, using architectural principles, etc. And we are looking at them critically, what worked well, what didn't work well, what did we learn? And we also learning a lot about the project lifestyle. So I'll be shedding a little bit of light on how do I see an eco-engineering project running from start till the end. Mm -hmm. And I'll be making a point of introducing a concept of say, life cycle analysis of a project. If we want to really capture the benefits of an approach that we're using, we need to look at the whole life cycle of such project. And usually in traditional engineering projects, either only separate phases are taken into account or not everything is taken into account because of the way the standards are set up in engineering. So here I'll be giving a bit of a um, wider view, broader view, of such projects taking into account the environmental factors, if you like, or nature-based factors that come into play. It will be basically a, a showcase of number of 
European projects, including a couple of projects we are still involved in in Scotland. You're benchmarking these projects against the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Why are you doing this? United Nations Sustainable Development Goals are very important for me personally, very important for us as Glasgow Caledonian University because they are the core in the core of our uh, motto, the core of our strategies, etc., etc. And as I said before, I want the engineers to be aware of this, and I want them to work tomorrow to achieve the sustainable goals from the United Nations because inherently we are sustainable. We just need to show and demonstrate even more sustainability with our projects. So things like, for, for example, things like tackling the climate change, that's all we do at the moment. However, we as engineers are quite reactive with it. Tomorrow's engineering will need proactive engineering. We need to be aware of what might happen. How can we stop this from happening and how can we manage it? Then we have sustainable development goals such as cleaner energy. So what if we combine, for example, this vegetation that we put it on, on our slopes for stability with production of energy from that vegetation? What if we do harvest that vegetation for biofuels or for for food, etc. So these are the these are kind of views I'll be trying to showcase there through experience of what we had and what we know at the moment. Some of the climate challenges you're going to be talking about include erosion, shallow landslides, and flooding. And flooding is an obvious one. I think most people would know about that. But what about erosion and shallow landslides? Can you talk about them and the problems that they can pose to civil engineers? Uh, global challenges, erosion, both erosion and shallow landslides, they occur everywhere in the world. They, are, uh, they can be seen mostly potentially in the coastal areas of the world, but they occur inland as well. And they have been one of the earliest challenges that civil engineers have always talked about. Unfortunately, in the UK, there's not much of a tradition with using nature-based solutions against this slide. This is changing now. Sorry to interrupt there. Why is that the case? Why is the UK not using nature-based solutions until recently? Traditionally, that, that has been the case. If you look at the, at the history of how this uh, nature-based solution have evolved and where have they, be, they have been used, it's usually Central Europe, Alpine countries where you have generally steep slopes, high mountains, etc. Then you have quite a lot of them being used in Mediterranean where you would have coastal erosion. Mm -hmm. so quite a lot of, uh, if you like, climate pressures on them historically. While as in the UK, the Industrial Revolu Revol Revolution brought quite a lot of new knowledge on materials and building, and we try to combat these stressors, if you like, in, in a different way. However, there's still a time to, to implement some of them, and UK is now doing their fair share although it can be done even more with nature-based solutions. So back to the landslides and erosion, they happen everywhere, wherever you have a steep slope or not, sometimes not even a, uh, a steep slope, you have a lot of precipitation and it happens. Vegetation can help in many ways with them. I will, I will make examples of how and when they can help, but 
I will put uh, a focus on the mechanisms with which the vegetation helps. So there will be a physical mechanisms, what we learned from physics, how the vegetation actually stabilizes the soil, makes it stronger to shear so it doesn't go into failure on a slope. And then we'll talk about the hydrological effects of vegetation, i.e. how the vegetation actually takes water from the soil and makes it stronger with that. Okay. So a num number of things which we'll have, uh, which are on the interface between the air, the climate, rain, soil, vegetation, natural world. Another topic that's going to be coming up in the lecture, Bobby, is bioengineering. What do we mean by that term? Bioengineering, for the purposes of my uh, professorial lecture, will include the sustainable use of vegetation for civil engineering purposes. So we are using living materials either alone or in combination with traditional materials such as concrete or steel construction materials or inert earth, if you like, soil, in order to do a structure that will help the engineers, the general public, the people who live around there in stabilizing either a slope or protecting the slope from erosion or protecting another uh, from another hydrometeorological hazard. That's the bioengineering in a nutshell for me. I, I was reading as well, Bobby, that plants can strengthen soil for it to be built on. Zach, can you talk yeah. a bit more about that? Plants grow roots, and the roots, especially the finer roots, which are more wiry, thin, etc., penetrate through the soil and create a compound, a composite material a root soil composite, if you like. That material would be like 10 times stronger potentially than just the soil because the strength of the roots in it is much higher than the strength of soil. So when you shear it, i.e. when the landslide occurs, you're gonna get the soil to shear very quickly. However, the roots are still anchored within the soil. They still hold the soil. So higher displacements will be allowed the soil can move a little bit, but it's not going to break. So the composite material is more ductile. It allows us to see that something is happening and it allows us to react. Uh, it's stronger. So it builds in a bit of resilience in the material as well, because if it doesn't fail completely, if the roots don't break, the trees, the vegetation, whatever it is, will start to grow on from the new state and we'll try to consolidate the soil together oh. and keep it together. So quite a, quite a natural thing that happens, but quite resilient from engineering point of view. That's incredible that you can take something like that, something that just naturally occurs and then apply it to building towns and cities and, and all sorts of that. I find that really fascinating. It's, it's a big challenge because we are here with the colleagues who work on the topic to then quantify all of these effects. And the last 10, 20 years I've been, 20 years I've been in research, I spent in quantifying different processes that occur naturally so engineers can use it in their calculations. So they can say, yeah, okay, it is a rooted soil, for example, but it has an improved strength. And that improvement is X amount of kilopascals let's say the engineers like numbers you know that 
Well, that, that kind of leads me on nicely to my next question, Bobby, because I was having a look at your biography on the GCU website, and you've had a, a very interesting career to date. Can you tell me about how you came to GCU? I know you joined the university in 2012, but how did you, how did you get here? GCU, I found at the time when I joined it, I found as a very vibrant, very interesting and quite inspiring institution. I could see that the onus was on applied science, applied engineering, especially in the school that I joined at that time. So that came natural to me. Before that, I was, in, I was working in the industry. I worked as a geotechnical engineer in a uh, consultancy. So I learned quite a lot of things that are going on in the engineering. How, is, how does the traditional engineering project run? how the traditional engineering design is done. Before that, I had a knowledge of the natural part of, the, uh, of those processes, if you like, because I did a master's and a PhD under the University of Manchester on plant sciences and how the plants can anchor themselves into the soil. And even before that, in my previous, 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 previous <laughs> life, I worked as a geotechnical engineer after graduating civil engineering and structures in Macedonia then, in Skopje. So after that, I worked in a number of countries, including Hungary, England, France, etc., with people who work solely on eco-engineering and associated professions. So I got to work with foresters, agricultural engineers and scientists, environmental scientists, which then came as a great basis for me when I joined the industry, because then I could take all of this knowledge from other professions into engineering and provide a design which would be sustainable, eco-friendly, etc. And after that, I realized, but hey, the engineers I'm working in might benefit for a little bit more education, wider and broader knowledge of different things. So the natural progression would have been, okay, let's work on the engineers of tomorrow to create that base for critical thinking, wider, holistic view of engineering. And the place that resonated with me was always Glasgow Caledonian University. Because at the time, as the saying would go, there were, there were no strangers to me at GCU, only the friends that I hadn't met before. Brilliant place, brilliant place. Well, Bobby, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today and good luck with the professorial lecture. I hope it's a sellout. Thank you very much, Craig. It's been a pleasure. Please do make sure to attend the professorial lecture and ask a question or two. <laughs> there are wise words there. I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to today's show and I hope you'll join us again soon when we'll be talking to another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us from. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Podcast.